Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. We have one line open for you. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Let's go back to Jim in Berlin and replacing his 15-year-old computer. Right, Jim? Yes, sir. So the typical configuration that we'd recommend for just average business or average home use would be to find a, an eighth gen. The gens are almost more important these days than in the past. Uh, CPU, i5. The issue with Intel, though, is the dinglings in, in, uh, over at Intel didn't make enough of them. Um, so there's a right. bit of a shortage. Uh, which is driving us bonkers because we're actually gold level with Intel with the amount of machines we build for our clients, and we can't get the darn processors we want, but that's a whole other problem. Uh, look for an 8th gen i5 processor or better, so i5 or i7. Um, they'll be much faster than the 7th gen. And you're looking at uh, at least 8 gigs of RAM would be nice if you want to spend a little more money and get 16, it's up to you, but 8 gigs should be plenty for your general use. Um, okay. We like uh, we like recommending hybrid hard drives. These have a, a solid state component and a spinning component, keeping the price of the drive nice and low. Get a nice terabyte hybrid hard drive uh, in your system, and it'll boot real real quick and give you plenty of storage uh, cost effectively. And so it's called a hybrid hybrid. Hi- yeah, it's hard a hybrid drive. hard drive. It'll have solid okay. state components as well as a the the RPMs involved. So you get kind of okay. the best of both worlds and much cheaper. Because for home, you're going to want to store things like pictures and stuff, and that takes up a lot of space. And if you end up with a small solid-state drive, which is which is lovely to have a solid-state drive very fast, but they generally are expensive the larger they get. So if you end up with a smaller drive to save money, you're going to be like, geez, I loaded all my software, and now I can't put anything on it, kind of the way Apple works with their devices. Um, okay. You don't want that problem. Um, and then Windows 10, you know, those that's your configuration. As far as brands, if you look for those specs uh, across whatever brand you're comfortable with, um, if you're if you like Dell, that's fine. Um, Dell, HP. You can go to any big box store and take a look at some of these machines and and try it before you end up buying it online. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Are the brands going to dictate the price? I mean, you, do you pay for the brand name, or is there are there other lesser brands that are just as good? Well, what I, what I found is it's not the brand name. I mean, all Dell and those guys do is take the components I just described, the same way we do, and they slap their logo on it. So what we do when we build a machine is we build a machine and slap our logo on it. Um, okay. So they're using these the components that are going to be from Intel, um, ASUS, uh, uh, Western Digital, Seagate for the components. And uh, it really comes down to you doing a little bit of shopping. Um, they're going to do some def- definite price com- points. They're going to try to bamboozle you with, you're going to see an i5 with one core, i5 with four cores, i5 with six cores, i5 that's a sixth gen, i5 that's a seventh gen, i5 that's an eighth gen. All those systems are different prices. And it's all i5, right? Yep. And uh, you're going to get different performance out of that. So if you look for an eighth gen i5, 
couple core uh, processor, you'll be in good shape. Um, so it really comes down to your budget. If you spend a little more money, generally the machine is better. It's not like they're they're not overpricing it for what it is. It's a different generation of machine. They build these different price points to get people who want to buy a $400 i5 and think they're getting a deal on an $800 i5. They're not. <laughs> they're getting a much okay. lesser machine. Or if you go to the i3s, forget it. I mean, that thing's basically good enough to use it. You know, That's for like the old Celerize. Yeah, it's like using a calculator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, be careful of the old technologies. Believe it or not, they are still selling Pentiums. Oh. Yeah, and then the okay. and clients will say, I don't understand why my computer is so slow. Yeah, they bought a brand new computer <laughs> from Walmart, and it's a Pentium. It's like a uh, Pentium. But it only cost me 200 bucks. Yeah, my kid was in right, diapers yeah. when Pentiums came out. So what, what are, with everything you talked about here for the configuration, what am I looking at a ballpark nowadays? If you spend about uh, anywhere from 800 to a grand, you'll be happy for another 10 to 15 years the way you use your machine. Okay. Until Microsoft okay. obsoletes it somehow. <laughs> All right. And last question. My Dell monitor is still very good. Will that fit any computer? Yeah, it should work any computer you buy. Yeah. You just might need an adapter. So if it's if you buy a new computer and it comes with an HDMI port and your old Dell monitor is VGA, you might need to adapt it from VGA. Go to Cables and Connectors in the Berlin Turnpike and they'll get you an adapter. Um, miles from my house. Right? I know. You're in Berlin. I see that. I am. Hey, you guys provide a, a great service. I appreciate it. I listen every Saturday. Thank oh, you. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening. All right. Take All right. Care. Yep. Bye-bye. bye. What were you going to say, Bob? I was going to say that wherever he buys it from, they should have an adapter there as well. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> Let's go on to uh, David in my hometown of Southington. Hey, David. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Hey, uh, I uh, <clears throat> I recently purchased Malwarebytes Premium. I purchased it mostly for my wife's machine. She's been getting. Oh, she's trouble, know, huh? Dread, dreadly warnings about this and that, and mm. I've been able to get rid of all of those things with your guys' help. Right. But anyway, uh, I was not able to activate it on her machine, and I get a message that after I put the code in, it says the title is proxy settings. It says unable to contact licensed server. Check your proxy settings or contact your system administrator for help. And you guys are my system administrator. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that it's not allowing you to register. I'm thinking and that the, you... The thing that's funny is I took the same email that I got from them after buying it, and I put it on my machine, which is a Windows 10 machine. Hers is Windows 7. It installed in like 20 seconds. Is it? No a, did you buy a two-user version, David? Three. Oh, three. So you can put it on three systems. So you're legal yeah. for three systems. Right. All right. So you said your wife is getting into trouble here with malware, right? Yeah, from time to time, yeah. She Well, she does shopping, but it's mostly Amazon and stuff like that. Uh -huh. you know, I don't think she goes to any, any well, uh, you know, we still have open, open DNSs on her machine. Are you sure? Are you sure it's running yeah. on hers? Yes. Well, I'm I'm thinking it might not be. How do you know it is? Have you gone to the internetbadguys.com to see if it comes up? No, I didn't, I didn't test it that way, but... You know, you can you can you can go in to uh, open DNS settings, and mm -hmm. I just looked to see that it was you know that it was enabled. That doesn't mean necessarily it's running. You could still have some sort oh. of redirection occurring, um, and that might be what's happening here with this proxy warning. Because yeah, but we're both on the same network. I know. You know I both, know. So that's that, that's what's confusing me. I I hear you. I and I, I 
I think possibly there's something else going on here because that proxy warning shouldn't block you from registering malware bytes. That would be a malicious thing. Go ahead, Bob. I'm thinking maybe you have the proxy setting turned on in malware bytes and uh, it's not on on your computer. So it's looking for a proxy that you're not using one. Well, how do I fix that? So you got to go into settings. I don't have it installed on my computer, but you go into settings and you scroll down until you get to where it says proxy. And that should be disabled. So it should be like grayish instead of blue or whatever color. Go into proxy settings within malware. So there's bytes. like a little slider. It should be to the oh, within, left. Within, within malware bytes. Yes. That's where he's settings thinking. Under malware bytes. Okay. Yeah, that's where he's thinking. I want you to do that Internet bad guys test to make sure that your wife's machine really does get blocked. You should see a block that comes up, you know, inappropriate site. And, and if you don't see that, it's not running the way you think it is. And that might mean that you have a malicious proxy occurring. Um, so those two things you should check. I think Bob's probably the more correct here than I am. But, uh-oh. Right now I can't. I'm on with the computer talk. Oh. Tell her, tell her we're trying to fix her computer. Yeah, we're trying to fix her. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do those two things, David, and let us know what goes on. Okay. I'll call you later. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, David. All right. So he's going to work on that. <laughs> um, let's go on to um, – we're going to put a link up there for you guys to know how to test your OpenDNS settings because it's important that you know that you've done it right. Right? If you set it all up. And if you're still not going through the through the technology, you're not getting the benefit. So we'll put a link up there as to how to test it. Let's go to Mark in Bristol next. Hey, Mark, what's cooking? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, have a quick comment and then a quick a question. Um, two weeks ago, someone called in on your show uh, regarding viruses that they couldn't find with their virus scanners. Mm-hmm. I find this all the time. And what I eventually found out <clears throat> was that I was getting files deposited in my Windows temp directory by whomever, and the machine wouldn't run it would run very slowly. And when I would delete those files, and I still do that, the machine runs fine. So that might be something that these people want to try. Wait, 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 wait. So you got files being put in your system that slow your system down? Absolutely. And Absolutely. You, okay, and then you delete them, and your system works better. My Windows temp directory. Yeah. Uh, it has your typical Avast data folder because I'm running Avast, and I know that should stay in another Avast-related um, folder. Uh-huh. But I have I have sometimes up to ten um, folders or, or files rather with with the same prefix and then some numbers and letters in the Windows temp file. And as soon as I delete those, the machine runs normally again, and uh-huh. I, will, I I can run. Um, a vast and malware bytes and find absolutely nothing, just like a few of your callers um, called in and said. Plus, at the uh, community center where I help people out, this is what I do to their machines all the time. They come in thinking their machines are shot, and it's just crap in their Windows temp file. Hmm. It could be, yeah. I mean, I, I, do you have a really small hard drive? Um, I do. Some of the others don't. Um, ah. It's relatively small. I think I, the SSD is 256, and mm. on my other machine, it's probably half a gig, but it's a platter-type drive. So I, you could be what you're doing it could be all well and good, but I think that what's happening is your solid-state drive is kind of full, and um, it, the temp files are causing your machine to have less headroom to operate. 
because it's swapping in and out. And um, when you clear up the drive of space, all of a sudden it's working better. It's not because of any malicious activity, I don't think. Um, it is just due to the the bloated way Microsoft operates, and you're having to manually clean it up because you have a smaller drive. Um, that's what I think is happening there, Mark. Um, temp, temp files in general shouldn't do too, too much to but slow your system down. some software that builds up so many temp files that it can actually crash your system. Yeah, but it's not going to slow the machine down per se. Some can. Uh, but you can run the utility. Right. You can run the Windows cleanup utility, right? Right. And that's what you're doing, Mark. Are you doing it manually or are you running the Windows cleanup utility? I'm just navigating to Windows temp and just deleting them. It takes me about four milliseconds yeah. and the machine's running. If generally the machine is slowing down or the hourglass will stay and not go away, and I know something's wrong, oh, yeah, I just went to XYZ site, whatever, yeah. and they left a lot of cookies and stuff also in the browser, which I delete as well, and that seems to help us also. Definitely. Yeah, no, you're doing good things. Um, so it doesn't sound malicious. It's just that you're kind of like tuning it up, quote-unquote. But you can run the Windows utilities that'll do that for you as well. You can uh, lower the size of your cache in your browser, so you don't have to go and clean it up so often, too. Yeah, and lower the amount of size you use for temp files yeah, in Windows. Uh, typically, by default, it comes in as a gig, and I usually uh, make it smaller down to like uh, 250 megs. Yeah, but nice job helping out folks at the uh, at the center, too. That's very nice of you. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, and then just a quick question, if you guys have a second. Yeah. Uh, I'm running two older laptops, two Dell D830s. They're uh, dual cores with T7800 processors. They run fine. They've yeah. got an SSDs in them and everything. Beautiful. I, I recently, because I don't have enough battery life, I purchased a battery, an uh, OEM Dell battery, and it's shaped just like the uh, optical drive. It takes the footprint. You don't really use your optical drive much, so I replaced it with that. Neat. Um, crazy thing, the machine now barely runs, uh, well, I'm going to tell you what the answer is. Maybe you can tell me what the problem is. The Windows 10 machine will refuse to accept the two batteries. My my XP machine runs fine with the two batteries. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering, is there some uh, circuitry in the battery, in the charge circuitry that Windows 10 is finding and saying, nah, I don't agree with that, whatever, it's an old machine, and it just won't allow the machine to run. It's a driver issue, um, most likely. Windows 10 has all sorts of issues with older technology. Remember when Windows 8 came out and it made, just made sure that, hey, you're capable of upgrading to Windows 8? Um, right. Windows 8 was the basis of Windows 10, and so most likely, if these are old boxes, which they are, it sounds like, Windows yep. 10 doesn't have a clue as to what to do with you, what, what you stuck in that drive. And it doesn't. It's just refusing to run, most likely. And nobody's going to run a driver for you because Microsoft doesn't care. Um, and your only alternative might be it would be to go to an older operating system that'll accept the drive so that'll run, or find some other method of power. <laughs> well, yeah, the the XP machine runs fine with both batteries, right? And that is the older OS, as you just commented. Yeah. But the, the Windows 10 machine will not. It, and, and right, and I'm thinking it's just the five inch. I don't even know if they have a 12 volt bus anymore in laptops, but the five volt bus is powered by the batteries. And I just don't understand how the operating system is looking at the battery from an, a, a digital standpoint and saying because there's some issue now in our data bus, we're yeah. not going to run. It, it does it for video cards. It does it for sound cards. Windows 10 will do this stuff to network cards. If the drivers are not up to date on Windows 10, it doesn't know what to do with them. And these are two identical machines, right? Absolutely. You, so, you've proven it just by talking about it. It's Windows 10's fault. 
It's not. Oh, yes. It's just them not accepting it. Go ahead, Bob. So these are uh, laptops, correct? Identical sure. laptops. Okay. Identical laptops, yes. So how about if you just take the batteries out and just run them off the power supply because they're old? Well, you can do that, but he wanted to augment the battery, so he added a, a secondary no, I get, battery. Yeah, I get that, but yeah. Um, so I don't think that – I mean, you could do that, but I think his problem is Windows 10. There's nothing you can do about it, Mark, other than say, thanks, Microsoft, for improving my, my machine by your upgrade. That's a feature. It's a feature. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's part of obsolescence that drives everybody bonkers where stuff stops working just because it's a new version. And again, programmers out there are going to say, well, it's hard to program drivers. You know, Eric, you can't program drivers for everything. What do you want us to do, bud? And they're right, and they're going to blame you for upgrading. <laughs> What are you doing upgrading an old XP system to Windows 10, Mark? They're going to tell you. Well, you, you know, uh, Eric, I think I'm sure it is a feature, and the feature is that they made my laptop three pounds lighter. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, all right, that's the, I think that's the answer, Mark, but we got to go to a break. Yep. Okay, thanks for your help, sir. You got it, sir. Take all right, care. bye-bye. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock, taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. And uh, I heard we're to have tolls coming, Bob. And, and I heard as part of the whole sales tax thing, they're going to have a sales tax on the tolls. They're going to tax the tolls. Yeah. yeah. They're going to tax the tax. Why not? They do it all the time. Uh, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Let's go to uh, John in uh, Hartford. Hey, John. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. How are you, sir? Good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, first of all, I have a Lenovo laptop, mm-hmm. nice little machine. Yeah. But from time to time when I'm checking my inbox, I will get and show up in the upper left-hand corner uh, a window that mm-hmm. says C colon Windows slash system or SYS32 slash compattelrunner.exe. Any idea what that is? What I do is I X right out of it. Um, you know, and don't seem to have any issues. But what the heck is it? Yeah, give me, give it to me again. Okay, it's C colon Windows slash SYS thirty two slash C O M P A T E L runner dot E X E. P O N. That's that last one that I want to know. Oh, C O M P A T E L. Hmm. See what the heck that is. It just pops up in the upper left-hand corner of your screen. Yes, and then there's you know there's a little window and then the flashing cursor. It's like it's waiting for me to you know put something in, and I just X right out of that. But what the heck is it? Yeah, something's trying to run. Um, we're gonna coming up against a hard break. We'll do a quick search here for you okay. uh, through the news and see if we can find an answer for you, John. That's. Okay, thank it, you very much. It, it also could be just a failing thing that's trying to kick off and not actually running. But uh, what you're doing, Xing out, is probably okay. But hang on, we'll find out what that's all about. All right, sir. Okay, thank you very much. And you're right, no problem, John. So put John back on hold. We get Jim and Canton. Stick around, guys. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock. So if you're able to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Don't forget, we are podcasted over at radio.com. So if you ever miss a show, go out to radio.com, download the podcast, and check us out there. We'll be right back. And we are back. Four lines filled up. You guys all call in when I've got like 20 minutes left to help you out. We start at 9, you know. 
<laughs> until 11. Feel free. We uh, had to resort to talking about our, our kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> but it's worth it. Go check out Surround Sound in Southington uh, this coming weekend, uh, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Let's go back to John in Hartford, who's fighting with a Microsoft tool. It's a tool, um, John. Interesting. Yeah, it's a feature of Microsoft. It's a oh, it's a free utility. I, I kind of thought I, I kind of thought yeah, Bill Gates and, and their boys were, were playing with something. <laughs> they they were. It's a big issue too. It, uh, it can really negatively impact machines because it uses a lot of CPU. Uh, so we're going to post a link up here for how do you remove that tool. It has to do with compatibility. Okay. Um, it actually was a big problem in old Windows Seven machines, I guess too. Okay. And uh, the link will be up there as far as how you disable it or remove it from your uh, task uh, scheduler. And uh, it'll, it should be no big deal. Uh, it's not any kind of malicious thing. It's just a utility. Uh, and, again, you could keep doing what you're doing. if it, You're not seeing any performance degradation by it. No. Uh, it's just a nuisance. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, the articles we're going to post for you is uh, straightforward as to how to remove that from your system. And So, guys, just because we post this article for John doesn't mean you need to go out Go to our site and say, "Oh, okay, I'm going to remove that off of my system too." The re- you don't want to do that because I call it. It's just it's if if it ain't broke, don't f- try to fix it, right? Um, I don't want you to have John's solution cause your you a problem when you go ahead and delete the wrong thing or start messing around with your machine. You know, you got better things to do. Don't break your computer. In John's case, you know, he's going to fix something that's bothering him. But I always worry that people go out to our site and they're like, "Oh, I could do this. I could do that." <laughs> And then it doesn't work anymore. Um, be careful. So that'll be out there for you, John, okay? Okay. And what, what's your website again? Computertalkwithtab.com, the name of the show.com, which also works. Okay. All right, John. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go over to Jim in uh, Canton next. Hey, Jim, how are you? Doing fine here. How about you? Doing okay. What's up? Um, I got a... Well, I'll call it a strange problem because I never saw anything like it before. Sure. I use I use uh, Open Office. All right. Not a lot. And about two weeks ago, in fact, I think I was looking, listening to you guys when I discovered the problem. Mm-hmm. If I open an existing document and make a slight change to it and try to save it, it says error saving the document, general input output error. Okay. If I try to create a new document, it says file not found. Check file name and try again. Well, if it's a new document, it's not going to find it until I put it there, but it won't right. let me put it there. Yep. Um, they have an open office form, which I checked, yep. and somebody said uh, it sounded like it could be an antivirus problem. Yeah. So I, I uh, disabled Defender and bingo, it worked. Oh, you're it kidding. Worked. It worked once after that. The next day I tried it, and it was back to the same thing. Well, did you reboot your machine? Because Defender will come back on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, Windows did. Defender did come back on. And you turned but it off? After I, the next day, even after I disabled it, I got huh. the same thing. Hmm. Um, it's interesting, though, that when you did disable it, it worked <laughs> that one time. Just, maybe it was just a coincidence. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hmm. The string, I could access the uh, files fine from my laptop, change them, and, and save them. So oh. I knew there was no, nothing wrong with the file itself. And you have plenty of disk space on your on your uh, computer? Oh, yeah. it's. I checked that. It said uh, I've only used like, a, I think, less than a quarter of it. Yeah, so, so yeah. there might be a checkbox you have to set. Um, I'm reading through some of these forums having to do with OpenOffice and this issue. 
And uh, it might just be that you have a problem with where you're pointing the file, um, where it's being read from. Uh, I don't know exactly, but clearly you're, you, you obviously understand computers enough to know some of these basic things. Um, it looks to be like a checkbox that you could have set or, or unselected. There is a solved one here um, that I can, we can post for you back from December of 2016. That is exactly your issue. Um, that might be something for you to try, but it most likely has to do with pathing, um, file names. Can you open and, and modify other types of files that are outside of OpenOffice? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, until, until yesterday. Well, that are not part of OpenOffice. Do you use any other kind of tool to manipulate files? Like uh, do you edit uh, photos with a different tool? Do you edit text files with a different tool? I, I can edit a uh, – if I open one of these files with WordPad, I can edit it and save it fine. Okay, good. So it has nothing to do with security on your or on your thing. So it's just OpenOffice is having it. Have you updated well, OpenOffice? Yeah, yesterday I – Installed H and R Block Income Tax software. Yeah, and then it appeared to it did install fine, except at the end it asked me if I wanted to create a desktop shortcut, and I said yes, but it didn't do it. So I tried to do it manually; it wouldn't do it. Ah, but I went I went into the software, started to do my income tax return. Yeah, and and you got matter and matter. <laughs> so it, it was going okay. I was entering the data. Yeah. I wanted to get out of it. It said, do you want to save your return? I said, yes. But it gives me the error uh, when I try to save it. Unable to save, the right operation failed. So you have something else going on there because by proving that you can't edit the document, you can't edit that, uh, you can't have your that file written, right, Bob, to the actual desktop, there's something else going on here, like a like a maybe a profile problem, or well, I, a... I, um, <clears throat> I went to a safe mode. Yep. Every, everything works fine in safe mode. So there's something you I can think. Tell me that some other something else that's being loaded is is giving me the is causing the problem. Right. Right. Is there a way to track down or run a trace on what's causing it? Um. I, I disabled some various uh, apps, if you want to call them that, um, to see if it helped, and it didn't. I think it's a damaged profile. Uh, I'm trying to think here what Bob thinks as far as doing how to repair a profile. Have you ever repaired profiles before? I would try to run a System Restore. Oh, go back to a previous time? Yeah, go back to the date before you installed that other software and see if the problem disappears. And then what about the system file check, too? Could you do... can run that, yeah, SFC space forward slash scan now. Okay, I'll, I'll try that. But Something's um, funky on your machine, Jim, because if... The, if... The, the original problem goes back two weeks, and I don't think I'd have a, a uh, whatever you call it, recovery. A store point. Yeah, if it's going back that far. You may. You Yeah, you might, depending on how far you've yeah, set it. And yeah. if you go into the... Uh, the options under there, you can actually reconfigure it, change it. I would increase it to 10% of your disk space instead of 1%. Okay. Um, I, now that you mention it, though, I forget what I was doing. I don't think it was either H&R Black or OpenOffice, but it said uh, 
something to the effect of can't can't complete not enough disk space. Ah, you're but, running out of space, Jim. Um, I got plenty of space. I don't know. Well, you could have a, or maybe you could have a bad hard drive. Is it in? Is it reading in gigabytes or megabytes? I, yeah, or kilobytes. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly. Uh oh. It's it's got. Uh, 810 gigabytes of free space, 108 gigabytes of use space. So then where are you saving it to? Are you saving it to, like, the system restore drive? Right. If you're, That's back to the earlier thing, Jim. If you're putting your file in this little tiny – so you could put it on the C drive, which has got all your space, but you could have this little D drive, little system restore drive that somehow you navigated to by accident, and you're trying to s- save your stuff there. Well, there was a Windows update that changed that. And made it visible, so people were right. saving stuff. There. And then they're getting the warning that they're running out of disk right. space. So you could just be sticking the file in the wrong place. Um, make sure you're trying to save it on your C drive. I would also run a, a check disk on your drive, because I bet you are trying to save it to the right place. Because yeah, I think you're. I, I did that. That's the first thing I tried uh-huh. two weeks ago when I came across this problem. You ran a I check, ran disk? check disk, yeah. And I also did a. Um, well, what do you call it? Uh, D, defrag, because mm-hmm. that makes that makes it do a lot of reading and writing, and that ran fine too. Well, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what's wrong exactly. Either you're putting the if you're getting a warning that you're out of disk space, you're putting the file where you have no space, or your drive is going on you because it's it's saying it's got plenty of space and it doesn't, but the check disk where I don't know, I can't tell you exactly what's going on here, Jim, but yeah. something's wrong. Um you with, can't set up disk quarters on a, a desktop, so yeah, that shouldn't be it the shouldn't issue. be the issue. How old is the machine, Jim? Uh it's about three years old okay. Windows, Windows plenty of down. you got plenty of life left in it. I five. Well, okay. You got plenty of life left in it. There's reason to to, to try to to work with it here. I guess to answer your question, we don't know exactly what's going wrong with your machine based on all the things we talked about. You've stumped the chumps, as it were. Um, well, I, I did do a, a backup last night on the external hard drive. Always do that. In, pre- in preparation for wiping it clean and starting over. Sadly, that does that is a valid approach um, to solving some of these issues if your health, if your drive is healthy, and if you've got nothing to do. Now, tomorrow is supposed to be a horribly rainy day. Oh, I know. So, you know, before the winds come on Monday, go ahead and spend some time with your computer. You've got a backup. You could do a wipe and reload. It seems a little drastic, but if you can't save and modify files, that's the whole point of a computer. So you got to fix this issue, and I can't think of any other granular thing for you to try. Do the system file checker like Bob mentioned. Um, Go to a restore point. If those two last things don't work... See if you can save the file to a, a removable drive, like a thumb drive. Hmm. And if that works, then it's got to be something going on with whatever drive you're trying to save it to. The hard drive, right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but as I think I said, I can access these files using OpenOffice from my laptop. The files are healthy. Them, I can open them, modify them, create new ones. Wait. So you you're, are you ne- are you networking? So you're taking your laptop and navigating to your PC and opening them. Yes. Are you saving them to your laptop? Or are you just modifying no. them on the computer? You're no. able to modify them on the computer. The save save them to the same same file in uh, users' oh. gym. Interesting. On my uh, on your PC. 
on the PC. Ah, so you, you did say that, but we didn't catch that you're actually networking it. So the drive is allowing them to manipulate the file. It's just his profile, isn't it? Right? I mean, there's got to be something wrong with his profile then. Could be. So what he could do is <clears throat> log on as a different user. On the PC. Yeah, I, on the I PC. I, I created a new user, Jim2. Okay. Now, and, go and to... I tried it, and it, 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 did the, it did the same thing. Oh, my gosh. Are you just messing with us, Jim? Or something worth Are you just messing with us? Because every time we try to give you an answer, you're like, I tried that. <laughs> I did that already. Now, give me another one. Going on for, for close to two weeks. Yikes. So I've tried lots of stuff. Yeah, but the fact that you're actually able to manipulate the files off the C drive from a different computer means it is your it is something with that machine's I we're stumped. I'm not exactly sure, Jim, what you can I'd try. Look at the uh, event viewer. Yeah. Under system events. Okay. Mm -hmm. An application, the application log and the system log. And there's got to be an error in there. That, As to, when you try to save it, right. some sort of error that you can refer to. That's getting really geeky and granular, though. But Well, that's where you're at. But now. Jim hasn't tried that, right? You have, if, if you tell me you tried that, Jim, I'm hanging up on you. No, you're, okay. you're in luck. I, did, I, I didn't think of that, but I should have. <laughs> oh. I, I am familiar with it. All right, good. So go ahead and take I'll, a look I'll, at that. I'll try that right now and let you know next week what happened. Awesome, Jim. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot for your time. You too. All right, bye-bye. Wow. That's a geek for you. We don't get too many geeks that are that deep. He's tried everything. Yeah. That's an awesome call. All right, we're going to step out for a quick break because Matt's going to get mad at me if I don't. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. We're here till 11 o'clock. And then Dr. Alessi will be in giving you a second opinion on your health advice with Healthy Rounds. So stick around for that. Let's go right to Joe and Canton as fast as we can. Hey, Joe, what's up? Hey, I was just wondering. I'm going to be switching cable providers, and I want to buy, get my own um, router router and modem. And I'm wondering if the combo's okay or if I should think of separate, or I've heard both. I would recommend separate. Separate is better. Yeah, modem. I, mean, I don't do a lot of wireless stuff, but we do have two floors. And Well, you'd have a modem for your service. You know, that, that's separate. And then your router, um, your router can be wireless or wired. Uh, you can, it can just be, but most home systems are going to be wireless. Go to your ISP and pick a modem that's just a modem that's DOCSIS 3.1 or better. Right. And, and go to the ISP's website and see what modems they support. Right. It has to be their compatible But you modem. buy it. Right. Right. Okay. So, okay. So, the ISP. All right. And... And of course, the cable provider has to be able to. That's the that's the ISP. Yeah. Oh, the ISP. Okay. The so cable. the cable provider will list the modems that they will allow you to buy. That they okay. support. Otherwise, they'll say, "Well, it's not on our list, so we can't help you." Right. All right. So as long as who I'm going to, I, it, it's on their list. It should be fine. But separate's definitely better. Yeah. So modem is all they care about. The router then is up to you. Um, there's all sorts of great routers out there. Um, I run a Linksys ACS that I've had great luck luck with. 1900. They're probably still out there. This, but I'm sure there's newer flavors out there as well. Um, try to locate it. You know, maybe in your main floor of your home. Don't stick it in the basement. No. Um, no. I I was thinking, yeah, on the main floor. But it, it would probably be fine for upstairs too, right? Yeah, Yeah, mine covers most of my house. I do have a little extender that's kind of cheesy. But um, if you add, you know, if you really want to cover a house well, um, you would add maybe ubiquity access points. Um, those would be wired devices that then broadcast a wireless mesh um, without throughout your home. But that can get a little, little expensive over time. 
Yeah, I don't think I need that. We don't do too much. There you go. But yeah, separate router, separate modem, and you're in control. And then configure OpenDNS. And make sure when you set up that router, you change the default password. Or guess what? I can hack it. Oh, so, okay, change that. Okay. Because you're going to go on to the you're going to go on to the instructions, and it's going to say, "Okay, Joe, go ahead and go out to 192.168.1.1, put in a you know username of admin and a password of blank." And the moment you do that, and don't change it, any 15 year old kid in the neighborhood can access your firewall. And and write down somewhere in a safe place what you changed the password to, so you right. can get into it later. Also, another little tip, make sure you turn on the automatic updating of the firmware of that firewall. You want the firewall manufacturer, because those guys have plenty of problems too, to update on a regular basis the firewall software for you. So if you click on update the firmware whenever they want to, which is fine with with me, um, that's a good thing. If you leave it the way it is and don't have them update it, you can be vulnerable to problems that occur um, that, again, the bad guys know about. And since you, if you don't update it, you won't ever protect yourself. So check that box, okay? All right, yeah. I mean, right now I'm just with whatever came with the last provider, so who knows what that is, right? I mean, right, that would just be the last provider's firewall. But now you're going to take control of your own security. Okay, so right now I use Sophos. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Or... Sophos. So it's oh, yeah. Yeah, that's more of a... Uh... Oh, Sophos antivirus. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yep, that's fine. Sophos is good for antivirus. Okay, I, I, I use that. Uh, okay. That works. All right, Joe, we got to go. We're coming up against right, the heartbreak here. Hey, thank you for calling. Yep, take care. All right, bye-bye. I want to thank all you guys for joining us on this Saturday morning. Uh, I want to thank Mike G for posting everything live over at computertalkwithtab.com, the name of the show.com. Everything we've talked about from the news articles to the solutions are out there for you. I want to thank Matt for producing. Stick around. Dr. Alessi's up next with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. See you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 